Hello, and welcome to FBC Conversations. My name is Josh Gillespie, and I work at First Press Fresno as the Minister of City Engagement and Modern Worship. The inspiration and goal behind this podcast is to share with you stories of God at work in people's everyday lives. Every day, all around us, there are people who are currently going through or have gone through things that are exciting, sometimes traumatic, maybe things that didn't make sense in the moment and have now become a powerful testimony of their faith journey. We pray the stories that you hear are encouraging, challenging, and speak to your heart about the faithfulness of God, no matter the circumstances. Today's episode features Ronnie Samuelian having a conversation with the senior pastor of First Press, Jeremy Vaccaro. Although Jeremy isn't directly linked to this podcast, we thought it would be good to start with him, being that he has such an impact and influence over the lives of people that we will be featuring on this podcast in the future. We hope that you enjoy. My name is Ronnie Samuelian, and I'm a member here at First Presbyterian Church, and uh, this is the first, uh, first Press Fresno podcast. And uh, we're hoping with these podcasts that uh, we will have a chance to hear God's testimony of what, peop- what He is doing in people's lives right now. For this first podcast, we thought it'd be most important to meet with our senior pastor. So I'm here with Jeremy Vaccaro. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. And we are um, not up in your office. We're actually on campus down here in the conference room. That's right. Uh, in the admin building. Um, but one of the questions I wanted to ask, and maybe you can visualize it in your mind, is something, uh, to just get us started, something in your office that's of significance to you, and uh, tell us about that and why it is. Yeah, well, it's easy for me to imagine the office. I spent quite a bit of time up there, and uh, lots of fun things in there. Uh, I won't mention the Nebraska paraphernalia that's there or uh, the Bob Parkman uh, trinkets that sometimes I've received in the mail from Bob Parkman, one of our members who sometimes likes to take a little something I've said in the sermon or has happened and make a little expression of it physically and give it to me like a roll of toilet paper that underneath says, uh, vengeance is mine, saith Jeremy, and uh, things like that. But those are very fun. But one of the things that's really significant to me in the office is a uh, framed painting. It's really a copy of a painting. It's a poster that we picked up while we were in Israel on the last biblical study tour of Israel. And we were in the town of Magdala, and there's a wonderful archaeological dig there where you can see the floor of a first century synagogue, a place where Jesus almost certainly would have been and, and preached and visited. And And there's a beautiful Catholic Church that's now built there and has in their sanctuary looks out to the Sea of Galilee and uh, the pulpit looks like a boat and so when you're sitting in the pews it looks like you're looking at somebody standing on a boat in the water. It's a pretty amazing thing but underneath the sanctuary there's a basement area and in the basement area there's a special room and it has a name. I can't remember the name of the room right now but I heard about it. I got a little inside tip, like, you want to go down and check out this room. And so I went, while everybody else kind of went upstairs as we visited the church, uh, I I went downstairs, and I walked into this room that's basically set up to feel and look like a first century synagogue. So it's all stone, and there's there's a seating area around the outside. But as you walk into the room, 
on the main wall that you look at as you walk in the door is a life-size mural that's probably, you know, eight feet high on the wall and probably 15, 16 feet across. And it's a painting, a picture of um, the woman who was bleeding for 12 years when she touched the hem of Jesus's robe. And it's it's just a from the perspective of their of Jesus's feet. So it's almost like if you can imagine a person with their phone taking a picture while a bunch of folks were walking and just from their kind of their shins down and and but you get and then there's this arm reaching across and it's the woman reaching and touching the hem of Jesus's robe and there's light that emanates out from where she touches the robe it's and I walked in Ronnie and I I I was overwhelmed hmm. by the photo like it just captured me in a powerful way. I think they call it like the encounter chapel. And I feel like I truly had an encounter with God there. And because everybody else was busy looking at all the beautiful stuff upstairs, I was able to be there by myself for several minutes and then came upstairs and told everybody, you got to come down and check this out. It's amazing. So Diane and I uh, bought a kind of a poster version of that same painting and brought it home. And the other reason it's significant is that the the beautiful frame that's around the picture uh, that we had, we when we came home, we had it framed, and it was framed by one of our former members, Terry Rolfe, who's now with the Lord in heaven. And so I'm grateful that I have one of Terry's frames in my office that's really, he spent a lot of time finding just the right wood to kind of match the feel of the painting and it's a really special thing. So it sits prominently in my office, and anytime somebody comes into the office, they'll they'll see it, and it's always worth a good story to tell them about it. That is great. I think we will go upstairs and take a look at that right yeah. after we're done here. Yeah. Well, for those of you that don't know you, you are the senior pastor at First Press Resno, True. and you actually have been here 10 years Yeah. this month. Yeah, it's amazing to think about that. So for those that don't know, tell us how you got connected. Well, I grew up about an hour south of here in Woodlake, California, and uh, because of that and because of my strong history with Calvin Crest Camp and this church's history with Calvin Crest Camp, I knew about First Presbyterian Church Fresno for as long as I was aware of other Presbyterian churches. But um, when I graduated from seminary and I went up, I was living in Gig Harbor, Washington. I served for a decade at a church up in Washington State as an associate pastor, and I uh, was there when Jamie Evans, the former senior pastor here, took his own life. Uh, news of that tragedy very quickly went around the globe, including Gig Harbor, Washington. And my heart broke for his family and for this congregation and and I knew that in the midst of that, I needed to be just praying for First Press Fresno. And, and so I did. And one of the, on that Sunday in our church, uh, Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church, I was the person leading the prayers of the people that day, the pastoral prayer. And I told the congregation what had happened. And I said, we're going to pray for First Press Fresno today. And uh, let's pray. And as I began to pray for First Press Fresno, I just lost it. I just... Yeah, uh, I just started to weep. I could hardly get a word out. It was not the best pastoral prayer, um, but it was clearly a, that it was clear to me that the Lord put this church on my heart in a special way. And so I began to pray, and uh, and just pray that God would take care of the church, that God would 
cover the church, protect the church, that God would provide the right next person to come. Fast forward like a year and a half, and I was in Houston with my friend John Krantz, who grew up in this church and is now Pastor John Krantz of First Presbyterian Church Houston. John and I became really good friends in seminary and uh, part of a group that gets together every year. And John uh, asked me if I would forward the job description for the pastor call at First Press, Fresno, on to other people that I thought might be interested. And I said, oh, absolutely. They haven't found someone yet. I've been praying. You know, uh, I'd really happily do that. And I can't remember exactly how long after that was, but it had been a bit. And so I, he sent me the email, and I remember on the flight from Houston back to Seattle, I had downloaded my messages, and so I opened that email up, and I thought, I'll take a look at it. And as I looked at it and read about First Press Fresno and the desire for the next senior pastor, something stirred uh, in my soul. And I wasn't ready for that. Um, in the same way, maybe I wasn't ready for the way it touched me when I was praying in front of church. But so I just said, you know, Lord, I'm not ready to go anywhere. We're kind of locked in here in Gig Harbor. And I just started this PhD program and like, but someday this would be the kind of situation that I think would be really exciting. Um, but whatever you want to do. Well, I couldn't shake it after that, honestly. And for months I tried to shake it. And that was in the spring. Over the summer, there was this guy named Dan Kimball, who is uh, attending First Presbyterian Church now, but wasn't attending First Presbyterian Church then, but knew the church, good friends with lots of folks in the church, and an old friend of ours from Calvin Crest. He was visiting us in Gig Harbor, and I just said, Dan, I want to ask you a careful question. You know, um, what do you think about First Press Fresno and the kind of pastor that they need, and what's going on there? And and Dan got really excited when he kind of sensed that I was asking not for a friend, but for me. And But still, I just stuffed it down, stuffed it down, and I stirred a lot about it. Diane and I talked about it, but I just kept kind of pushing it aside and saying, no, that's not supposed to happen. And then one day, I was sitting in my office in Gig Harbor, and a guy named Ronnie Samuelian, <laughs> who was uh, on the search team, gave me a phone call. And it was an unexpected call. Um, and Ronnie, you, you said something like, you know, I'm on the search team, we're in process, and your name has come across our radar, and would you consider putting your name in? And for me, that was just the clear uh, nudge of the Lord to say, okay, you know, I've been putting this off, but but this is clearly the Lord putting it on more than just my heart, and and I don't know what's going to happen or what's going to, you know, where this is going to go, but yes, I... And I remember, you, I actually, I said, well, why don't we have a conversation about it? And you said, no, 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 we're not doing conversations. Like, will you put your name in to apply? And I said, okay, yes. And I'll, I'll never forget Ronnie signing there in my office um, and saying yes to that. And that was the beginning. That was probably September of 2011. And uh, we moved here in October of 2012. So a year later... Uh, we we picked up everything and and moved from Gig Harbor to Fresno, and we didn't really know each other. We knew a lot of same people. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. a we, our search team, pastor search team, had been praying about you even uh, for several months, mm. uh, even before that phone call was made. So mm. um, we're we're thankful uh, you made 
God made that call clear to you and yeah. to us, and you were here, and uh, 10 years, and you just got back yeah. from three months on a sabbatical, so um, we were thankful um, that you could be able to do that, and I think it's, uh, I think sabbaticals are not only good for the senior pastor, but for good for a church. Yes, thank you. Um, but um, can you tell us something that the Lord did during your time on sabbatical? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's tons that I could talk about. And uh, some folks were able to come and be a part of the First Press Forum the other night and hear me talk for 45 minutes uh, about it. And God bless them. Uh, they are saints uh, for sure. Um, first of all, let me just say thank you. Like, I'm just so grateful for the time and so grateful that our church kind of took that risk in one sense that, like, we can do this and we'll be fine without the senior pastor around for a while and which is totally true and and just yes we'll make it work and people will step up and step in and and allow Jeremy and his family to get that time away i'm so grateful and even more grateful after experiencing it because just felt like the lord really ministered to me and and to us um while on sabbatical and I'm excited about what the Lord did here too. But when I when I think about your question, if I'm trying to boil it down to kind of one one thing, and um, and that in a way that kind of overflows another thing. One of the things that Diane and I wanted to do on during the summer is is memorize some scripture together. Just what are some ways that we can kind of connect spiritually in this season and and with the Lord together? And and we came to this idea of doing some scripture memory. I think in the uh, now that we're past it, I wish we'd have memorized more. But we we did memorize some scripture together, and that was good. So we memorized Psalm one, and Psalm one. Uh, just so the listeners know, I am looking at a copy of it right now. That, but I do kind of have I do have it pretty much memorized. But I was going to tell him if you weren't. Yeah, good, good, good. I didn't want to mess it up. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And I'm going to stop there. There's a few more verses, but that verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Um, that That is a vision for how I want my life to be. That's, I think, what the psalmist is saying there, that as we delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it, it's like being a tree next to streams of, of water, and that yields fruit, and its, and its leaf doesn't wither, it stays strong. And I think, for me, one of the things that the Lord did was it was kind of like He put me by a stream of water. He planted me more deeply by a stream of water. He he drew me close to himself in a way that allowed me to to experience the streams of living water from him. So one of the one of the things that he reminded me of was actually a, a commitment that I've long held, but I think it just came back in various ways over the summer, and we don't have time to tell all the ways. But this idea that the greatest gift that I can give to this congregation as pastor is to have a healthy relationship with Jesus and to operate out of that 
place out of that reality. And obviously my relationship with Jesus is just like anybody else's. It has ebbs and flows. It's, it's dynamic. But the healthier that I can be in Christ and the more I can operate out of that health in Christ, the, the better it's going to be for everybody. In, in not just in my family, but in the congregation and beyond the congregation, I believe as well. But just that conviction, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about, Lord, how do we reach more people? How do we help our people that, we, that are here grow? How do we engage people in ministry and mission? How do we deepen connection and community? How do we, how do we reach the kind of the goals that we have? All of these, and, and how do we do ministry in downtown Fresno for such a time as this? Like, I spent a lot of time contemplating those kind of questions and and often reading about what different churches are doing and imagining how that fits with us and what we could do and how to move forward. And in the midst of all of that, I was so grateful for the Lord's just simple reminder. Jeremy, the greatest gift you can give to the congregation is not some awesome new strategy or some great sermon series or you know, some big powerful vision or whatever. The greatest gift that you can give to them is if you, who God has called to be the senior pastor, has a healthy relationship with Jesus. If you're like a tree that's planted by streams of water, then there's fruit that comes. And also, it's got a leaf that doesn't wither. And um, and so just wanting to operate out of that place, and so having the space during the summer to really lean into my own walk with Jesus and and spend time reflecting on where we've been and where I am and what the Lord's doing and and to experience the the touch of the Holy Spirit so many times over the course of the of the summer just moments when I just felt like the Lord was very present and and was ministering to me and then just that simple kind of back to basic conviction that that the fruit comes from being planted by streams of water so Am I putting myself in a place, am I delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on, on it day and night? Am I putting myself in relationship with Jesus? And, and as I do that, then good things are going to come. It, that's, it's not the, you know, again, I'm going to still think about all those questions that I'm always asking and long for us to continue to figure out what it means for us to be who Christ is calling us to be as First Presbyterian Church Fresno but that it comes out of a place of just healthy relationship with Jesus. So I think that's, that's one of the main things that I did. And I, I think as I think about that, I, you know, it, it, there's, there's a sermon there too that I won't go into all the way right now, but just like, that's what my kids need from me. That's what your kids need from you. That's what our spouses need from us. That's what our neighbors need from us. That's what our coworkers need from us. That's what our church needs from us. First Press Fresno is as healthy as we, the people who are First Press Fresno, are. And and just that simple idea of, well, the more, the more I'm leaning into my relationship with Jesus and truth and in grace and experiencing his forgiveness and living in that place of a healthy relationship with him, the more fruit is going to come from my life, which is going to benefit the congregation and the church and the mission of God and what he wants to do. But it's just, it was, so that's definitely stirring in me. When I think about how I lead the staff, um, you know, our great staff, uh, 
how do how do I help them capture that? Like, yeah, we work hard. We try to get a lot of stuff accomplished, but underneath that is just that relationship with Christ. When I'm sitting with the elders or the deacons of the church, the most important thing that they can do for the health of the church and the life of the church is is lean into their own relationship with Jesus so that it is healthy. And there's a long list of things we do to have healthy relationship with Jesus in one sense, but that's for another podcast. But this 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 idea, I think, is really important. And how um, we're all on a journey in our relationship with Jesus, of course. But think about how healthy the church is, the healthier the people are in their walk with Christ. Um, that's powerful. So... And that's, we want to invite people into that. We want to see that happen in our lives, our own lives, and we want to see that happen in other people's lives. So that was just one of the great things the Lord did. And, I, and there's so many other things that kind of come underneath that, but that's really one of the most important things the Lord did this summer. Well, as we <clears throat> all walk with the Lord, we have testimony to give. Yeah. Uh, whether that be through difficult times, joyful times, yeah, big things, little things there's testimony to give. And I think that's what, as we've talked about this podcast yeah. for a couple of years <laughs> and have figured out space to try and make this happen, mm-hmm. uh, which um, may or may not be you and me, or who knows how this goes. Maybe yeah. it's a story core type situation where people that know each other are talking to others, but we, I think we want um, to have um, testimony given about what's happening today in the life of our congregation. Um, so uh, this is the first one. Um, what are you hoping might come out of um, this? You you gave a powerful testimony, a powerful sermon, wonderful sermon oh, a couple of weeks ago <laughs> on testimony. And uh, you know it, it struck me and a lot of people resonated really uh, well with and um, I think encouraged all of us to be sharing more boldly about what it is that's happening in our lives. So what is it that you would like to see come out of these podcasts? Yeah, I, thanks for the question. It's, I, I, it is interesting to kind of say what I just said about my summer and then talk about that, because one of the points I was trying to make in that message was that as we lean into our own relationship with Jesus, and as we grow in that relationship with Jesus, testimony can't help but bubble up out of that. The healthier I am in Christ, the more naturally the joy of salvation is coming out of me, and and there is a testimony of what God is doing. So, so they're really connected. Um, but but one of the things that we all know is that testimony generates faith, and and faith generates testimony. But but when we hear the testimony of what God is doing, and we need to kind of, you know, unplug the word testimony a little bit from like this idea that it's only a, for the person who had, who was going very quickly towards hell in a very apparent way to everybody, and then met Jesus and and got totally turned around instantly and came the other way. That really is kind of true of all of us. If we know Jesus, we were headed towards, you know, uh, we uh, far away from God, and in His grace, He called us back. But we often don't think about it that way. So a person like me who grew up in the life of the church and kind of always had a sense of, of the reality of Jesus and God, and, and uh, sometimes people like me might say, well, I don't have really a testimony. That, that is like one of the greatest lies from the devil that he's ever planted in the church. 
the reality is that every single one of us, first of all, is saved by God's grace. If we are saved, it's only because of God's amazing grace. So the story of that grace is just as powerful for me as it was for the Apostle Paul, who was persecuting the church and then got knocked off his horse and met Jesus and turned around to become one of the great missionaries of the church. But when we hear people, so testimony is when we just hear people like, what is God doing? How is God at work? What's God working in your life? How are you experiencing God? What are you struggling with? And how is the Lord connecting with you in the midst of that? That generates encouragement. That generates faith in other people. And so testimony generates faith. And and of course, faith, when we, as I said a minute ago, when we're turning our attention to the Lord and we're surrendering to him, and we're experiencing his love and goodness and forgiveness in our lives, and we're stepping out in faith to do what he asks us to do, that's going to generate testimony as well. But So my hope would be that, that this is a podcast where people feel more encouraged when they finish it than when they started, that, there's, that there's, it, gen, it actually generates faith, meaning somebody in the church who is listening might be encouraged and and have a sense of God's presence and have a sense of God's touch or or be inspired or be ready like if that's happened to Jeremy then that can happen to me if that happened to Ronnie that can happen to me or I can experience the Lord in that way so there's a sense of of faith of of deeper faith in the body but even when it's shared beyond the church when it's shared with somebody who's exploring faith that actually listening to somebody else share about their faith and their experience of of God might draw somebody to faith in Jesus because of what they hear. Testimony generates faith, just like the woman at the well from John 4 who went back into town and shared her joyful, simple testimony, and it drew people to faith in Jesus. So testimony generates faith. So I, my prayer is that as we share testimony of what God's doing in and through this congregation, this wonderful group of people called First Presbyterian Church Fresno, that it will generate faith in us and in others for his kingdom to come in Fresno as it is in heaven and even beyond Fresno. I was going to ask, you know, that we didn't come up with kind of a closing tagline, but I think you just gave it. Well, I hope so. So we'll maybe we'll dub that back in, but I think that's, <laughs> that's how we're going to end each of these podcasts. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, look forward to... Um, can be shared even further. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we really pray this conversation encouraged you. The current goal with the podcast is to release an episode every two weeks. Keep your eye out for upcoming episodes with Denise Fink, Doug Durbin, Gerard Brumfield, and many others. Keep tuning in to hear more conversations like this and many more that go below the surface. Until next time.